Welcome back to another episode of Let Me Tell You. Today we have a great guest. We have Jackson Lane, the men's basketball beat writer for the Daily Universe, the BYU student newspaper. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, it'll be a good time. All right, let's jump into it. So before we get to the, the season, the game for BYU, give us a 30-second elevator pitch about yourself. I'm from the D.C. area, Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia. I'm at BYU studying sports journalism, assistant sports editor at the Daily Universe. Love telling stories about football, baseball, basketball. Wherever there's a story, I like to be there. Big D.C. sports fan, commanders, Wizards, Capitals, Utah Jazz, Baltimore Orioles. Just love, love rock music, just anything. Just love having a good time. Love sports. That's what it's all about. Fantastic. Love to hear that. Give us your thoughts on BYU season. I know they were one of the teams people thought would make it into the big dance, March Madness. Kind of a weird season. There were some high expectations. Coach Pope added some high-profile transfers like Seneca Knight and Tijon Lucas. Alex Barcelo, obviously, honorable mention All-American last year. Best shooter in the country, according to Jay Belis. They were ranked as high as 12th at one point. They beat Oregon. They were looking really good early on. Kind of stumbled toward... The toward December, they lost their two big men. That was a big blow to them. Gavin Baxter was a guy that they were leaning pretty heavily on down the stretch, and he tore his ACL out for the season. Caleb Lohner, another guy, all conference freshman last year, preseason, all first, all conference first team selection. They were expecting him to make a leap, never did. Kind of an up and down season. Didn't really reach the peak they wanted to. Got hot at the wrong time. Stumbled toward the end of the year. Kind of played themselves out of out of the tournament. They were a pretty good shot to, to get an at-large bid, and toward the end, they just couldn't put it together. But, you know, they're trying to make the most of it in the NIT right now and win some games. And, you know, Washington State's going to Provo this Wednesday, and it'll be a really good matchup. Are you excited about the – I know BYU is joining the Big 12, so are you excited about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's it's just great for all the programs here, basketball especially, because the Big 12 is the basketball conference. In, that, in the Sweet 16 right now, I believe there are five teams that are going to the new Big 12 – just it's going to be a really great basketball conference. And now the question for Coach Pope is how do you get BYU basketball where it is now to Big 12 level? And it starts in the NIT right now because you got some guys who are benefiting from these extra reps from playing these kind of low pressure but high stake games. Fus Traore is a freshman big that they've had who's been really solid this year. Uh, Atiki Ali Atiki, Caleb Lohner. These are guys who are going to be that core going into the Big 12 for BYU and getting these, these postseason type reps is, is so crucial to their development. So the Big 12 is going to be a great, great opportunity for BYU. And I'm, I'm super excited. And I mean, I'm only a sophomore right now. I'll be a senior when they go there. So I'm excited to be part of the ride when, when that goes down. Yeah, I've always been a BYU fan. I think you guys, I mean, we played you guys in football this year. Sadly, we didn't win, but I was stunned by the amount of BYU fans that came to Pullman. I mean, Pullman is not easy to get to, so I was impressed. Yeah, BYU fans travel pretty well. That was that was a fun game. I loved your running back, Max Borgie. That dude could ball. He, that was like the one time BYU played a really tough rough schedule this year for football, and the one dude who I saw on the opposing team where I was like, I want that guy on my team was Max Borgie. I, I appreciate it. Max Borgie's been our best player for the past four years. So, yeah, he's good, but he's, he's going to the draft, obviously. Yeah. Back to basketball. Just give us a little background. What is the perspective of – so going into NCAA, Washington State's rarely ever there. We've, we've been to the big dance once or twice, I believe, in our entire history. What is BYU's basketball history? Uh, a brief overview. Yeah, that's a good question. Interestingly enough, our, our arena that we play at the Marriott Center, this is its 50th anniversary. When it was built, it was the biggest basketball arena in all of the country, NBA or 
just professional or college seats about 20,000 people. That is uh, massive. They're, they're, they had a longtime coach, Stan Watts. He's in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Chris Mirkosic was the first great foreign basketball player to come to college basketball. He was from Croatia, Yugoslavia. He's in the Basketball Hall of Fame as well. He kind of laid the foundation for just basketball excellence. Then Danny Ainge, obviously the great Boston Celtic. Now he's the, the GM for the Jazz. He played for BYU. He took them to the Elite Eight at one point. And then, of course, everybody knows about Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer, about 11 years ago, took them to the Sweet 16. So BYU has the most tournament appearances for any program that has never been to a Final Four. And they also have the most first-round losses Wow, okay. in NCAA tournament history. So they, it's, it's a successful program. The regular season is always great. They put some guys in the NBA. Sean Bradley was the second overall pick in the draft. You know, Jimmer, Danny Ainge, they, they've had the talent. They have, and ba- there's a great basketball culture here. Mark Pope has done a great job taking over and turning BYU into a winner again. Obviously, this year, kind of things fell apart a little bit. There's some question marks going forward. Even though it hasn't really translated into tournament success, there's been moments where BYU has been a great story. You know, the 81 Elite Eight team, Jimmer Fredette. BYU is no stranger to college basketball success. And, you know, going into the Big 12, a Power 5 conference, the basketball conference, BYU is ready to, to make that next step. All right, let's jump into your roster. So when I was doing my research, the first name that stuck out to me that you mentioned was Alex Barcelo. So he's leading guys in points scored. Give us a lowdown on him. Explain to us what makes him tick. What, how is he good? Well, Barcelo, by far the best shooter in the country. He, he'll graduate as the all-time leading three-point shooter in BYU history percentage-wise. Not really, he doesn't really create his own shot, but he's a great just spot shooter. But, you know, in the NIT right now, he hasn't really been the guy for them. He carried them the entire regular season. But in the NIT so far, I mean, they played Long Beach State and they played Northern Iowa. And he really hasn't been that scoring, that, that dominant scorer that we saw in the regular season. And honestly, even then, he, he averaged about 18 points a game. But he never really, he, he's not really, he doesn't take a lot of shots. He's a very efficient scorer. He had, I believe, the first game of the year he took, he had 22 points on like six shots because he gets the free throw line a lot and he, he scores when he, when he shoots from deep, he, he's a pretty solid defender too. He swipes about two steals a game. And in the NIT so far, he showed a lot of his playmaking ability. He had seven assists against Northern Iowa and a really dynamic, versatile player, but just by far the best shooter in the country, best shooter in BYU history. It's, it's not even close. Read some stories from the desert news, your student newspaper about the previous games. And to me, the players who stood out were Gideon George and Caleb Lohner. Yeah, are those players Cook fans should be aware of, or who who do you think will have the biggest impact besides Alex Barcelo in the matchup? That's a good question. Caleb Lohner, like I said, he was first team All Conference preseason selection. Never really took that jump this year. Kind of had a very up and down season. Couldn't really find a shot. Inconsistent, but he's really turned it on these past two games. And he he's kind of been at you know BYU's had issues with injuries. Their big men have been hurt. So he he's a natural 3-4, and they've had to play him the five, and they've kind of shuffled them all around the lineup. And that's really just kind of the kind of crapped on his development. Against and I against Long Beach State and Northern Iowa, those weren't very big teams. They didn't have a lot of size. And so Caleb could kind of cook against them, which is why Gideon had some great success as well. So those are two guys I'd look at just because, you know, the iron's hot. They they've been the ones that kind of carry the team so far. But a guy who's been quiet these first two rounds of the NIT 
and is always showing out on the bigger stage is Foose Traore, this freshman center. He's He's been phenomenal this year for BYU. He he came off the bench early, kind of worked his way in the starting lineup. He's only 6'6", so he's a little undersized for a center or just a post player, but he's just he's huge and his link his his wingspan is phenomenal. I mean, he has tremendous length. You know, he he makes these plays. When he flashes, he looks like a young Shaq with the Orlando Magic. I mean, Shaq was obviously huge, but this guy, he is so just agile running the floor, tremendous footwork, just remarkable touch. And against a team like Washington State, you know, a power five school, tremendous defense, if I'm if I understand correctly, and a, and, a, and much more, much bigger, a lot more size than Long Beach State and Northern Iowa, a guy like Foose is going to have to really step up and pick up some slack because, you know, he hasn't really shown out these last two games. So I think Foose Traore is a guy that Washington State fans and, and players and coaches should really be planning for. Yeah, no, we have size. Like, we have Muhammad Gabe as our star center, uh, freshman center. We got him. Highest-ranked recruit coming to the class, 7-1. He's been injured. He was injured the whole Pac-12 tournament, played spared minutes against SMU. So hopefully he's back. If not... We don't really have a stable rotation. Like our other big men, Deshaun Jackson, F.A. Abogedi, they play well, but Deshaun's got conditioning issues. So without Mo, we don't have a ton of big men who can battle that. Otherwise, we get exposed. So BYU, you guys have been on an offensive tear. 90 points in back-to-back games. What was key to that scoring out? Gideon George had a career-high 27 points. He hit five threes. Trevin Nell hit five threes as well. It was the first time that two BYU players had each hit five three-pointers since 2016. But even bigger than that, though, is, you know, they had 90 points in back-to-back games, but over those two games, they had 50 total assists. And if you have 50 assists over two games, you're going to win those two games and you're going to score a lot of points doing it. So they've done a tremendous job just creating shots for each other. They, they seem much more dialed in on offense than they were toward the end of the season. They run the weave, and it, it's a bit so... Pope, Mark Pope, it, he, he relies really heavily on the transfer portal. And because of that, you don't really get a cohesive offensive unit. I mean, that chemistry that makes a lot of other teams, that, that gets teams like St. Peter's into the Sweet 16, right? That chemistry that teams have to bank on and rely on, BYU doesn't necessarily have all the way around. And then you throw a guy like Fusan, he's a true freshman. Caleb Lohner's a sophomore. Just a g- general inexperience. Guys who are fam- unfamiliar with the system because they haven't been here that very long, and it, it just kind of it doesn't work as well. You know, it's it's a little sloppy at times, but they've been dialed in for the most part these past two games. They're creating shots for each other. They're crashing the offensive glass, and you know, j- just fifty assists over two games is going to win you games, and that's been the biggest thing. And that's what they got to do to beat Washington State is just keep distributing the basketball well. Before we end this, I have a speed round. They're just some fun questions to get to know you, get to know BYU, the campus, all that stuff. You ready? All right, let's get it. All right, your favorite class you've taken so far at BYU? Ooh, that's a good one. When I, when I was a freshman, I took an archaeology class, and it wasn't really, like, my favorite in terms of interest. Like, interest. It wasn't super interesting to me, but me and all my friends took it together, and we just had a great time. It was just a ton of fun, and we made a lot of jokes. That's, that's half the battle in college. I'm that's that's what college is, right? <laughs> exactly, 100%. You summed it up perfectly. If you were to convince me to transfer to BYU, money is not a factor. How are you selling me to transfer from Washington State to BYU? Oh man. Well, it's just a beautiful campus. Uh, it's in the heart of the mountains. You know, you, you can't really get a better view in college. Sports games, just phenomenal. They got a great stadium for football, great arena for basketball. Fans show up and you know, the food here is awesome. They, BYU, I, I'm convinced that BYU exists to get you fat because they have just so many awesome, like just baked goods and stuff. They have like mint brownies. 
I don't know if you're a donut guy, but they sell these things called cougar tails at football games. It's a two foot long maple donut and it is phenomenal. It's so good. So the food and, you know, Provo, Provo is a cool town. There's a lot of cool stuff that goes on in Provo. A lot of great food around Provo. It's a great place. It's an exciting place to be young. And like I said before, you can't get a better view than, than BYU's campus. Those mountains are just to die for. Fair enough. Okay. My last question is, your favorite sports, BYU sports event you've attended? Well, this year, BYU beat Utah, one of your Pac-12 foes, for the first time since 2009. You know, they broke a nine-game losing streak. It was just really emotional game. You know, we hadn't beat them in forever. And for me, I, I got off my, my mission for the church that past summer. So that was my first game back in Lavelle Edwards Stadium reporting in about three years. And so it was really special. That was my first game back. And my best friend from home was actually, he's, he's on the BYU football team. And, you know, all growing up and through high school, we were like, okay, you're going to be on the football team. I'm going to be the reporter. And someday we're going to beat Utah, you know? And so the first time that him and I were at a game together, and it was my first game in three years, was BYU beating Utah. The fans stormed the field. It was just amazing. And it was one of those things you'll never forget. And if, if I had to make a movie about like any day of my life, that'd probably be it because it was just that magical. That's awesome. That's such a great story. I love it. All right, those are all my questions. Uh, thank you for coming on. This is a blast. Hey, thanks, boss. Have a good one. Listen, I love Walker, but he looked like he was 18 or 19. He looked like a young guy. Man, you should have done this guy right. What, I get him a stripper? What do you want no, me to do you here? Buy I, mean, him a drink. I get him a prostitute? What do you 